Welcome to the Enjoy Your Marriage podcast, where relationship expert and master coach Candace Toon helps you stop wondering if you married the wrong guy and start putting all of your energy toward having the marriage you imagined when you said, I do. Sup, bees? Ever heard that you teach others how to treat you by the way you treat yourself? Another way to say the same thing is what you'll allow is what you'll get. I think it's true. Left to their own devices, humans tend to be focused on meeting their own needs. Our brains are wired that way to ensure our survival. And, especially in organized religions and other pro-social groups, we're taught to suppress the natural desire to self-serve in favor of serving the greater good. None of that is inherently good or bad. It's just that everything exists on a continuum, and the closer you get to either end of any continuum, the less healthy things get. In this case, one end of the continuum is complete selfishness, with no thought given to the welfare of anyone else. Since you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not all the way to that end. The other end is complete selflessness, where every resource is spent meeting the needs of other people, with no thought at all given to your own needs. You're probably not all the way to that end either. And you probably shuffle pretty close to it sometimes. Most women do. It's really easy for us to get so caught up caring for everyone else that we run out of energy before we get around to caring for ourselves. So let's start wiggling that tendency right now. Grab a pen, unless you're driving, and jot down some notes on this mini sociology lesson, courtesy of my feminist coaching instructor, Cara Lowenthal. We're going to use her work to shine a light on possible reasons why we tend to put ourselves last. Please know that none of this is absolute or universal. And... Most of us have heard messages like, your value is dependent on what you accomplish and how much you get done. Or number two, your value is determined by how much you do for other people. Three, your value is determined by what other people think of you and if they are pleased with you. This is particularly true when considering whether your husband is pleased with you because for many, many years, Long throughout all of our history, a husband's approval actually did determine lots of things about his wife's freedom. This is less the case now in modern times, but there are still often traces of that message in the way women sometimes speak to each other about what we're supposed to do to keep him happy. Number four, other people's needs and desires are always more important than yours. And by extension, valuing your time over what others want makes you rude and selfish. None of us want to be seen as rude or selfish because, remember, we sometimes believe that our value is determined by what other people think of us. So we end up doing things we don't want to do and become resentful because we say yes when what we really mean is no. It's important, oh, number five, it's important to be pleasant and agreeable, and that means making the most of what you have and not wanting for anything more. Number six, you don't deserve time to yourself unless everything is done which of course it never is. My grandmother who grew up during the Great Depression used to say, use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. Anyone listening hear similar things from women you loved and respected as you were growing up? Because of messages like these, it can be easy to assume that it's better to not want anything or to be low maintenance or to not be a burden or to not put anyone out. Sounds lovely, really. And it probably works sometimes, but other times it really, really doesn't. Because believing it's better to not want anything or to be low maintenance will most likely have you behaving in a way that teaches other people, most specifically your husband, that it's okay to neglect your needs. Not because anyone is actively trying to be neglectful, it's just because you've been taught to not need anything and husband, he's following your lead. 
because you teach others how to treat you by the way you treat yourself. If you're always putting yourself last and rarely speaking up for what you need, the people around you will learn that that's the natural order of things. They'll take their cues from you. And you, like most people, are taking your cues, probably, from passively ingested social rules like it's better to be agreeable. I mean, maybe it is, but maybe not. And maybe it's possible to disagree or speak up in an agreeable way. The point is, the more you know about why you're doing what you're doing, the easier it'll be to consciously choose what you want to teach people about how to treat you. I think you deserve to be treated well. Always. Not necessarily treated better than anyone else in your life, but certainly not worse. Because I'm so passionate on this point, the very first thing I invite newbies to do in the Defying Gravity Revolution is compile a list of 25 things they really, 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 really want. The wants can be big or small, silly or serious. They only have to make sense to the woman who's writing them. Anything goes. Truly. Could be a Gucci bag, or a brownie that doesn't have to be shared, or a naps, maybe some silk sheets, a trip to Mexico. Maybe you never want to shovel snow again, or maybe you'd really love to just binge your favorite show uninterrupted on a Saturday afternoon. Whatever the bee wants, she jots it down. You can do it too. Three years ago, that list would have felt like an impossible task for me. I used to be the girl who genuinely thought I didn't want anything. Whether consciously or not, I guess I thought it was better to not somehow. I was a frugal person, to be sure, and I still am in some ways. Some of that was a character trait that I still like about myself. I want to be thrifty and decisive. I'm really not into clutter. And some of that came from messages I'd internalized about what it meant to be good. For example, it's important to be pleasant and agreeable, and that means making the most of what you have and not wanting for anything. Or you don't deserve time to yourself unless everything is done. So it's totally okay if writing out a list of things you want seems like a new and strange activity. It totally did for me. And if it doesn't, that's great too. We can all start where we're, we can all start where we are to examine what we allow for ourselves and what we allow for ourselves to want and why we've decided on those limits. Let's do it together. Think back to the last time you either stopped yourself from doing something you wanted to do or you did something that you didn't want to do. Have you got that moment at the forefront of your brain? Okay, keep that fresh in your mind as we run through my personal example together. One thing I've been wanting for a while is to renovate my house and yard. I knew that's what I wanted, but I kind of slow pedaled making appointments with contractors at first. Why? Well, it's because I was operating on the assumption that other people's needs are more important than mine, and as a consequence of that, I was waiting for my husband to feel comfortable with the process. See, he's a bit of a slow decision maker. He might not agree, but that's my assessment. <laughs> And I was sort of subconsciously forcing myself to wait on him to take the initiative and approve each step of the project, which was only one of the many options available to me. Let's go back to you. What's the reason that you stopped yourself when you wanted to move forward or forced yourself to move forward when you didn't really want to? What did you think would happen if you told the truth about what you wanted and actually acted on your want? There's no judgment here because judgment makes the truth go hiding, which won't help you at all. We're just getting curious so you can get to know yourself better. When I noticed that I was holding myself back until my husband felt more comfortable, all the while, P.S. was making myself feel really uncomfortable, but when I noticed I was doing that, I decided to have a conversation with him about what I wanted and why that was important with me, important to me. The first one, it did not go well. It was short and loud and ended in no forward progress at all on the goal. At that point, I spent half a day feeling sorry for myself and blaming him for making it impossible for me to have what I need. 
I did that because I'm a human. But I'm also a master certified life coach and a full-fledged bee. The kind with wings, not the kind that rhymes with witch. So I eventually decided to reload the conversation. First step, I considered what might be going on for him. Because we've been together for over 20 years, I know he's a bit of a skittish decision maker, especially when large sums of money are involved and there are multiple options at play. He's probably thinking, should we renovate or just move? All the various scenarios that could ever come into play are rambling around in his head, so he's not quite ready to make a decision. I mean, most likely. So when I restarted the conversation with him, I started off with my theory and checked in with him to see if I was correct. Here's how that sounded. I know you might be thinking about how best to leverage our resources. Here's what I think about that. What do you think? I also made a point to be super clear about what was important to me and why by directly saying, I don't want to wait a long time to make this decision because we've already lived here for 10 years and our kids are getting old enough now that they have friends over and we both know that what we've got here really needs a facelift. It was uncomfortable, but not unbearable. I heard him, he heard me, we went back and forth. I really did feel my rule about being agreeable and going with other people's needs raising its little hand. It wanted to interrupt the process. It wanted me to stop. I told it that I see it and I note it and shush. <laughs> because after that conversation, we actually ended up starting financing. And as of today, we are deep into remodeling. It hasn't been smooth or easy, but it was worth it because I want the rule to be that my voice matters too. Not at the expense of his, of course. That's why the conversation went on for a long time over a couple of days. I want both of us to be okay with the plan and I'm willing to do the challenging work of hanging with it till we landed there. How about you? What are you willing to try to create the thing you really, really want? It might take some uncomfortable conversations, maybe several of them. It might require you to really examine your desires and see if there are multiple ways to get them met. Little hint, there always are. Getting what you want might call on you to be honest and vulnerable, which sometimes feels worse before it feels better. And here's a little hack to help you through. Imagine that I hopped into a time machine and flew to the future where I see with my own eyes that you get exactly what you want. Then I fly back to today and tell you that I've seen the end and it all works out exactly as you want it to. I would not lie about that. Check in with how it feels to know that you are going to get exactly what you want. I'm guessing it feels less stressful than wondering how it'll all turn out. I would assume that you'd be willing to try more and bigger things to get there if you knew for sure that you'd arrive exactly where you want to be. I imagine that you wouldn't make bumps in the road mean very much if you knew, like really knew, that it was all going to work out in the end. What do you think? Now, sometimes you'll take inventory of the thing you did or didn't do and you'll discover you actually liked your reason for it. For example, I don't love jumping on the trampoline with my kids, but I will do it sometimes because they want me to and I want to have fun memories with them. In those cases, I'm operating from the belief that I can opt in or opt out and opting in or out means nothing about me. I'm also operating from the belief that sometimes I want to put my kids needs above my own. I see myself doing it and I decide to move forward on purpose. In those cases, I like the limits I'm putting on myself because I want to play with my kids more than I want to keep my feet on solid ground. That's not always the choice I make, but sometimes it is. And I make it purposefully either way. You can too, which brings us back to the moment you've been thinking about this whole time. Here's what I know about the moment where you did do the thing you didn't want to do, or you didn't do the thing you wanted to do. If you're not putting yourself in a position where you can lose something, 
you're not playing a game where you can win anything. What that means is, if I'm not willing to have possibly uncomfortable conversations with my husband about the house and yard makeover, conversations where I might fail to get what I want, it won't be possible for me to achieve my goal because I'm not showing up to put it on the table. I know this. And sometimes I don't come to the table. I do my best to notice when I'm not coming to the table and I get to work figuring out why. There are lots of reasons, many of which probably stem from bridal shower suggestions and baby shower advice like marriage is a lot of work, or it's all about compromise, or various suggestions that imply it's a wife's job to keep her husband happy. Use this recipe, wear this slinky thing, definitely don't say this, certainly not at that time. Our mamas and aunties and grannies meant well. They said all of that stuff because they wanted us to be happy and successful in our marriages. They genuinely thought that what they were saying would help us along the way. Use their advice if it feels good when you do. And if it doesn't, consider the idea that you can love on granny for what she offered you and disagree with her on some points. Doesn't mean anything about you or about her. It simply means that you're taking what she said and adapting it to the kind of life you want to live, the kind of marriage you want to have. Check you out. Choose Courage B and keep on flying. Sup B, have you grabbed my book yet? Wife on Purpose is your comprehensive guide on what to start doing today to create the exact marriage you'd love to live in. Head over to CandiceTune.com backslash resources, Candice with an I and Tune with an E to snag your free e-copy of Wife on Purpose. Happy reading!